Lord's here. That's about all I'm glad about. (laughs) I'm preaching a message today that I've called, I Know Who I Am. And I connected it with the message that I preached on the first Sunday of May that I called, Do You Know Who You Are? And we sent out an email this week with a link to go to that message on our website so that you could hear that if you chose to before coming and hearing this today and connect it. Well, when I tested the link after the email had gone out and I went to check the link, I found out that the link worked. It went right to the place on our SoundCloud that you hear our messages and was right there for it. And then I clicked on to listen to the message and it was 22 seconds long. And in that 22 seconds, nothing was said. So if you tried to listen to it and that's what happened to you, that's what's on our website. We don't know how that happened. We may still recover it to put it on there. They've been trying all morning. If we do get it recovered, we'll let you know. And if we don't let you know this morning and we get it recovered, we'll send you an email and tell you about it. But I have a promise Nobody can say what's going to happen with technology. You know that? You you push all the right buttons and all the right lights are on, and then when you get through, it's not there. Not often, but sometimes it just happens that way. So we'll try to keep you informed about that. I do want us to find that other message if we can, because I think it's singularly important to connect what I'm going to say to you this morning. However, this message will also stand alone. What I say to you today will be something that will touch your life if you will listen to it, take heed to it, and respond to it by doing what I'm saying to you this morning you need to do. It's going to help and bless because I'm going to bring to you the Word of God. And the Word of God always brings blessing when we hear it, when we receive it, when we believe it and act on it. So this morning, I share with you this message. I know who I am. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will energize words that are spoken today. May they not just be my words, but may they be words that the Holy Spirit anoints. Let every thought be proclaimed in accordance with the way you would have it said. Let everything that we say be in the plan that you have purposed for this service today. Because the Word of God is the most important thing in our lives. The Holy Spirit comes and brings truth to us, revelation to us, understanding to us through your word. And I ask that the Holy Spirit will do that today when this word is declared. In Jesus' name, amen. I know who I am. A lot of people think they know who they are, but they don't know the real meaning of that. A lot of you have wondered who you are. I'm going to tell you one thing about who you are today. I'm going to tell you who you are in Christ Jesus if you choose to be that person. I believe the Word of God makes it clear enough that I can present it to you and explain it to you, and you will know it is the truth of God's Word. Sometimes people don't want to take the stand of consecration and dedication that declares to everyone who knows them, this person is a child of God. There are some people you can be around and you know 
Without it being said, you know this person is a child of God. Some folks you can be around who say they are, and you wonder if they really are. You don't have to be one of those. You can be the person who knows who you are in Christ. I've heard a lot of people say when I preach a consecration message, I preach a dedication message, I preach sanctification, separation from the world, living unto the Lord by the Holy Spirit. And then people I've had say to me, well, Pastor, you know, I'm, I'm not a saint. I can't be everything you said. I'm not a saint. And I say to them, yes, you are. I don't make that statement on your behalf by my knowledge. I say that to you because that's who the Bible says you are. In fact, four times in the book of Acts, the people of God are referred to as the saints of God. In the rest of the New Testament, from Romans on through the end of the New Testament, 57 more times, the faithful of God are addressed as the saints of God. So we don't have to have a canonization service to declare that you're a saint. Whatever name you want to choose. Because the Bible says that in Christ, you are a saint of God. But that doesn't mean that you're a perfect person. There's only been one perfect person who ever lived, and that was Jesus Christ. But you can be the person God wants you to be, the person that you choose to be in Him, following His Word and His Holy Spirit, and that draws you close to Him in a sanctified and consecrated life that declares that you are a saint of God or a child of God. The same thing. A servant of God. A man or a woman of God. That's what it's declaring when it says we are the saints of God. There are folks who go and still say, well, we're all just sinners. No, we're not all currently sinners. We all have been sinners, and some of us still are. But those who are the faithful called children of God are not sinners. We were, but now we're not. Because we were sinners, but we were saved by grace. And the Bible says when we were saved, we became a new creation. All the old things passed away. All the sin, the sin passed away. Our trust is in Jesus Christ through His blood. And because of our faith in Him and His Word, we know we are the children of God. And you become the child of God, you move out of the realm of being a sinner. You, if you want to say we're still sinners, profess that and claim that for yourself. I admit that I was a sinner, steeped in sin, lost in sin, doomed to hell by sin. But one day Jesus Christ came into my life. And when he came into my life, he made me a different person. He changed me. He made me a child of God. And I've been a child of God ever since. Yes, I have failed along the way. Yes, I've stumbled, and not only stumbled, fallen down. But he picked me back up every time that I would let him do it. He reached down and lifted me up again and said, Don't quit, keep going. I took him at his word. That's what I've done. And 
after all these years, I'm still going, and I'm still a child of God. No longer a sinner, but saved by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you're saved, my friend, you are saved for salvation in eternity. I'm not going to say that once a person say they never can turn away from God again. But I don't preach that they will. Because I will tell you this, and you know this. You, there are many of you sitting here right here today who know this. You were a child of God and you were on fire. You were flaming, blazing for God. Serving God, walking with Him, blessing people, proclaiming the name of Jesus. And now you're not there anymore. But somehow you know deep down in your heart that God has never let you go. I can speak to that because I know. It is not, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm going to say to you it is with extreme difficulty that one would walk away from God after knowing Christ is Savior. Because it is a hard thing to break away from the grace of God. And so though you haven't been close to Him for a long time, perhaps, you can draw close to Him again today the same one who brought you to Jesus, that Holy Spirit who brought you and gave you salvation in the blood of Christ, is the same today that he was when that happened. And no matter where you strayed, no matter if you've wandered, no matter if that burning fire became like a freezing in your heart, even today, the Lord Jesus wants to bring you back to that place you once were, revitalize your life, restore your spirituality, and bring you into a place of great favor with God, where God pours out His blessings on you once again, as He once did, that place is still there for you, if you'll claim it and stand up and confess it. Not walk about saying, oh, well, 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 I'm just a sinner. If you are, you are. But if you've been saved, you're a child of God, and God wants you to live in that salvation. So, now what you have to do is you have to learn to say that you're who God says you are. I didn't just make up what I just said to you. I took that out of the Bible, I believe. You don't have to accept what the world says about you. Because they will not be kind. You don't have to say what the devil says about you because he's going to lie to you anyway. I preached that in that first message on this. But you do have to do this. You have to accept who God says you are, who you are in Him, and say what God says about you. Find out what God says about you in His Word. Claim that, stand on that, and believe it, because that's who you are. Say what God says about you. Don't say what the world says about you. Don't say what the devil says about you. Don't say what somebody else says about you. Say what God says, and God tells you who you are in Him if you'll receive it and proclaim it. Proclaim it, announce it, and believe it. Confess that you are who God says you are. That's what you need to confess. That's what I've been doing right here. I confess that I am a child of God, a sinner saved by grace, and now a child of God. That's who you are if you're in Christ. Now, this is what the Bible says about it. I love this verse, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. God made him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us, 
so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Think about that. In him you are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. That's what the scripture says about you. God took Jesus, called him as the Lamb of God for the salvation, for the salvation of the world, and made him who had no sin and knew no sin to become sin for us, so that we, through him, could become the righteousness of God. That's what 2 Corinthians 5.21 says. So now today, as a child of God, you may, you say, well, I'm not the best Christian. Well, the best Christian in all the world isn't here today. I'm not trying to put judgment, I'm just telling you. The best Christian of anywhere, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is, by the way. But you, you may say, well, I'm not the best Christian. Well, neither am I. As I just said, the best Christian anywhere, whoever he is or she is, isn't here today. But we're all together moving in the direction God has moved us because we are in Him. This is not for us. This is because we are in the salvation of Jesus Christ. We are, the Bible says, we actually are the righteousness of God in Him. So you are righteous, not because of yourself, not because you come to this church. You're righteous because you're in Jesus Christ. And that makes you righteous before God. He only sees you through the blood of Christ with your sins forgiven and the victory available for you, totally and completely available to you if you'll claim it from Him. And this is what Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 says, Be found in Him, in Christ, not having a righteousness. Paul is saying, I want to be found in Him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. He's saying, through Christ, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And that's who we are. We, this is what it means. Let me give you a definition for it. The righteousness of God in Christ. It means we have been made acceptable to Him and placed in a right relationship with Him by His gracious, loving kindness and by His sacrifice. So we have been called, we've been made acceptable. We were not acceptable with sin in our lives, so he cleansed us and forgave our sins. We've been made acceptable to him, and because of that, we are now able to walk with him and live in his righteousness as his righteousness because of that. That's where we are. That's who we are. That's who you are. When you say, I know who I am, you're saying, I know I am a child of God, and because of that, by the shed blood of Christ, and the grace of God, I am the righteousness of God in Him. There's a great blessing for you in knowing that. A great thing for you to have and claim and to, and to stand on when you, when you know that and believe it in your heart. You profess it and proclaim it. You know who you are now. If you believe God's Word, you know who you are. So don't say who you are based on what everybody else tells you. Say who you are based on what the Lord has revealed to us in His Word, and that will make you where you ought to be with Him. That's the basis of victory. That's the way to stand to Him. And some of you here today, I know you're wondering, you're saying, well, how in the world could I be that? How could I get to that place? 
how can I be what the pastor is saying? He really just doesn't know me. Listen, friend, what I'm saying to you is a universal message. This is to everybody. This is to everybody. There are no exceptions here. You can live a life victorious in Christ. Will you be fault-free? No. Will you still make mistakes? Yes. Will there still be things that come into your life that ought not to be there that you'll have to deal with to expunge them? Yes. But all the while, you're living in the grace of God. By the blood of Jesus Christ, anything that happens to you is being forgiven and cleansed. Because we know if we walk in the light, this is what John wrote, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Walking in the light of truth that we have, doing all that we know to be truth, that which we may not know or that which we may be very weak on understanding, if it is something that God wants out of our life, He will still continue to forgive it because we're walking in all the light we have. Say it again. If we walk in the light, the light of truth and understanding, as He is in the light, then we have fellowship. We're together in the bonds of salvation. And the blood of Jesus Christ is constantly cleansing us from all sin. That's victory. That's victory. Hallelujah. So here's what Paul said. Paul said, everything, everything, all, all the past of my life is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I can weep over that. And I often do. Knowing that everything, that everything, everything about my life, everything I've ever accomplished or ever achieved, compared with the value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, all of that is nothing. All of that is worthless. All of that is useless. Paul said, with the great accomplishments of my life, now I see. All that I thought was wonderful and great and valuable is worth nothing when I compare it to knowing and living for Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's the way it is in our lives, and that's the way it should be in our lives. For his sake, Paul goes on to say, for his sake, I have discarded everything else. I've thrown everything else aside other than Christ Jesus. What comes to me through him, I have. Nothing else, I want. I don't want anything that doesn't come through him, is what Paul is saying. I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. Everything, no matter how valuable the world may see it, no matter what value the world, high value the world may place on it, if it isn't in Christ and for me in Christ, it's just that much more garbage. So that I can gain Christ. Here's the reason. That I can gain the fullness of Christ and become one with Him. I am no longer counting on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, here it comes again, rather I become righteous through faith in Christ Jesus. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. 
We are the righteousness of God in the provision of God. We are in the reality of the righteousness of God by our accepting it by faith. If you accept that by faith, all of that becomes a gift of God to you. Then you are in actuality, reality, for the judgment, for time, for now, for the future, for, the, for, for eternity. You are forever the righteousness of God. And make sure we always, always understand it. The complete picture is we are the righteousness, God, righteousness of God in Christ. Only in Christ. But when we're in Christ, we're declared to be the righteousness of God. And that's our standing. That's our position. That's our posture with Christ. He looks upon us not as being sinners. He looks upon us as being saved, as God's very own righteousness, because that's what salvation through Jesus Christ provides for us. You know who you are. You are a child of God, a child of God that the Bible says is more than a conqueror, a child of God that the Bible says is triumphant in all things, a child of God that the Word says you're in the world, but you're not of the world. A child of God, victorious, triumphant, overcoming, an overcoming child of God. Don't let weakness be your standard. Let the strength of Christ in your life be the standard that you lift up and say to the Lord, this is the banner I'm living under, the righteousness of God in Christ that dwells in me. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's my identity. My identity is in Christ Jesus and he makes me righteous for the kingdom and righteous for eternity. Oh, glory to God. And then Paul went on to say, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to know Christ, and I want to experience in my life the mighty power that raised him from the dead. These words that I've been giving you, these last words of the Scripture, are from Philippians chapter 3. You're familiar with that chapter if you're familiar with the New Testament at all. If you go and read it, you'll see quickly I've given it to you in a different translation because I thought it made it clearer. Go read in any translation, Philippians chapter 3, and see what Paul says about himself. And what he's saying about himself is for us. He is saying that is who we are. That's our identity in Christ. That's the place that he says, I don't count myself to have reached the pinnacle yet. I haven't attained all that God has for me yet. I'm still striving for that. I'm still trying to get there. This should encourage you. It encourages me. I haven't made it yet. I haven't attained the goal, the final goal yet. I'm still moving in that direction. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth to those things that are before, I press toward the mark for the prize. I'm going for the prize that God has for us, the mark of the calling of God in Christ Jesus. And that's where we are. Paul says, I could not do this except for the righteousness of Christ that dwells in me and makes me like him. And when that does happen, we continue to move toward the goal, the final goal, the final victory, the final triumph, the final overcoming. And then we will declare forever and ever victory. Christ has brought us all the way. We've walked with him. We've journeyed with him. We've linked arms with him. We've had him dwelling within us. We've been dwelling in him. That is such a mystery that Jesus says, the word says that Jesus is in us and we're in him. Thank God for that. 
That's where his righteousness comes to bear. We are who he says we are. Not who anybody else says we are. You are who God says you are. Claim it by faith. Stand on it and believe it. It doesn't fill you with pride. It fills you with humility. I'm nothing without him. But with him, I can do all things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. With him. With him. Standing in him. Partners with him. That's who we are. Is that where you are? Do you confess that's who you are? You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it with me right now. I'm the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's a true statement. You said the truth if you're a child of God. Stand with me, please, right now. Everybody standing. Bow your heads before the Lord.